This is Startup Renegades, a raw conversation with founders, entrepreneurs, and the unicorns among us who have taken their idea and turned it into a thriving, profitable brand. I'm your host, Shauna Armitage, and my work as a fractional marketing director has led me to connect with dozens and dozens of founders in all stages of their startup journeys. Whether they're bootstrapping or fundraising or have capital on hand, there's one big question founders always ask, how do I grow this thing? On Startup Renegades, we'll explore how they did it, and you'll walk away with actionable steps you can take on your own journey to scalable growth. Prep and Rally is a brand started by Deanie Klein. She's a food host, recipe developer, former private chef, mom of three, and a founder. Let me tell you, this woman is an absolute powerhouse. I remember about a year ago, pregnant with her third baby, and she was launching this new amazing site. And this woman just does so much you wouldn't even believe. She started her professional career in fashion, quickly found that creative outlet was in food. After working as a private chef for seven years, she found a solution to a problem many families, including her own, were facing. Trying to get a wholesome dinner on the table while working full-time was almost impossible, and she needed a solution. That's when Prep and Rally was born. Creating food content is Deanie's passion, and she's worked with such brands as Walmart, Starbucks, Weight Watchers, Pop Sugar, Barilla, Sam's Club, Cool Whip, and more. She's a tastemaker on Tastemade, where she develops food videos and recipes for their social channels, and she has her own videos featured on Roku, Amazon, and Apple TV. Her recipes have been published in cookbooks such as Starbucks Coffee, Dawn to Dusk, and Pediatrician's Guide to Feeding Babies and Toddlers. Deanie has been featured in the Wall Street Journal and Goop, Hallmark Channel, The CW, and more. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Mike, and their three kids right now. And this is an episode that you are going to want to hear. So many founders talk about raising capital. And that's great. It works for a lot of startups. But Deanie's startup was developed completely around her personal brand. Tune in to learn how Deanie turned her personal brand into a really profitable recurring subscription service with a really loyal and dedicated Instagram following to feed it. Hey, Deanie, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Great, John. How have you been? This is so fun to reconnect. I know it. So your brand has just exploded in the past year, but I want to start at the very beginning. Prep and Rally was really born out of your love for food. Tell me about how it all started. Yeah. So I actually, I have a background in art and design, went to FIT, always loved everything in the creative, thinking I wanted fashion design. And once I got into it, I realized it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I knew I needed something creative. And I found that in food, just putting things together and colors and textures and it was just such a creative outlet for me. And then I saw people like Giada De La Renta, so people on the Food Network starting these brands, you know, not only doing food videos and demonstrations, but also selling cookware and selling a brand. And I was like, I think I want to do that. Like that just seems really fun and creative to just grow something. So yes, yeah, so I knew I had to start somewhere. So I started working as a private chef because that was how Jada got started. I knew I just kind of had to get my foot in the door and just get some hands on 
experience. So we were living in Manhattan at the time and I was just cooking for clients every day. It was a full-time job. Did that for about eight years. And yeah, the end goal was obviously to grow a brand, do food media. Um, and within those years, Taste Made found me. So I started doing a bunch of brand work with them, videos, um, some different like great partnerships. So that really got me started in the video space. Yeah. And then a little over two years ago, I kind of wanted to get out of the private chefing. I needed to morph it into something that was more manageable as a busy mom. And what I was doing is I would do a meal plan on Sunday for my own family because I was so busy cooking for everybody else throughout the week. Right. So I do our own kind of like meal plan on Sunday of staples. And then throughout the week, I would mix and match those staples to just get us through and have dinners um, to easily just assemble. Yeah. And that really helped me get through the week. And I was like, I feel like other busy families can use this, um, who are working busy, have multiple kids and just need dinner on the table every night of the week. I mean, who doesn't need that? So yes, I started this prep and rally meal prep service and I started doing it for free on my Instagram, just kind of giving out a menu, taking it for a test drive before I felt confident to really invest in it. And went so well, got such great response after about six or seven months of doing it. I launched a site and here we are today. It's like about two and a half years later. It's crazy. So tell me, cause you talked about really wanting to have your own personal brand, but was prep and rally born out of the desire to do that? Or did you really have a shift? Because being a private chef, like you said, that is just an all the time kind of job. And you are now the mother to three young children. Did that shift when your first was born or did prep and rally start before that? So, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I did the private chefing really as just a way to make money and as a way to just get really comfortable in the food space. Um, I thought about doing a full-on culinary school and every chef told me, you know, just start, just work in a kitchen, just get that experience. So I really was just doing it to get that hands-on experience. But I knew I wanted to do the videos and to grow something larger, but I didn't fully know that it would be the prep and rally concept. So that just kind of happened over the years as I evolved as a human and, you know, as I had my own kids and realizing the kind of schedule that I had and how I was getting through the weeks and then realizing that you could really share that with other people. And I feel like so many people's brands and inventions come out of needs that they have on their own, like an issue that they had, or they couldn't find a swaddle that would, you know, stay on the baby. So they came up with their own version of it because it helped them. But then they realized I should be selling these because other moms need this too. So that's really how a lot of brands start. And that was really it. It was just from my own personal need. And it just kind of evolved and happened. And it's pretty cool seeing the, the, the whole transition over the years. So talk to me a little bit about the service. What is the actual solution that you provide? Why is it different than other meal prep services? Yeah. So a lot of meal prep services, if you Google it, it's all about keto and paleo and all these diets. And it's also meal planning for specific meals that are portioned out. So you'll see those like containers that have like four little sections in it. So there's a little bit of rice and a little bit of chicken and you're having the same meal four days a week, but you're just mm. it out. Prep and rally is nothing like that. And it's also not diet centric. It was really designed for the family. So they're wholesome meals, mostly whole wheat noodles, um, whole grain rice, and just, you know, healthy, wholesome family meals. 
So nothing specific diet related, even though we give lots of tips and tricks on how to modify and make it work for all those different diets. But essentially what it is, is one Sunday meal prep and we give you all, it's all content based. So we're not delivering you a box of groceries, like a blue apron or anything like that. It's essentially the members get a weekly menu, which takes you through a full Sunday meal prep, which is about eight or nine staple dishes for the week. So that may be a quinoa, a broccoli, a double batch of a roasted chicken, sweet potatoes, and a dressing and a pesto. And you cook that all for the week. Takes about an hour to two hours, really depending on how comfortable you are with the system, how comfortable you are in the kitchen. But I always say it could take as little as an hour if you are prepped and ready to go. Store all that for the week. And then all you got to do Monday through Thursday, we give you very simple directions on how to simply pull everything out of the fridge and assemble it into four really unique dinners. So one night you're taking half of the chicken and turning it into chicken egg rolls. The next night you're having the lasagna, let's say, with the broccoli as a side dish. The next night you're eating the chicken in a chicken pot pie. So you have these components, so it makes dinner time so fast and so simple. And sometimes it's just like slight assembly throughout the week, but you've shopped once for the week, you've prepped once for the week. The rest of the week is simple and all thought out already. So there's no question marks. It's just ready to go for you. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts about it is that you can use chicken you know, two, three, four different kinds of ways. And it's all these different, really unique meals. Kind of what you said, like the chicken, the rice, the vegetable, having that four times in a week is really unappealing. And they're unique. They're interesting. You don't see a lot of dishes like this around, especially when it comes to family meal prepping. My family, I have four young children and we are obsessed with the salmon salmon burgers. You love those salmon burgers. (laughs) I love the salmon burgers. They're so good. Honestly, I came up with them for, I was working um, in the Hamptons for a client one summer, the best job of my whole life. We just spent 10 weeks there. It was so amazing. And he wanted a salmon burger. So I came up with this recipe and it has literally been the best recipe ever since. Like, I feel like I need to put it in the cookbook. It's such a goodie. I like, I crave it. You should, but that's the thing because they're so unique because dinners can get monotonous when you have the same kinds of ingredients, but you really go to different cuisine types and different themes. And my family loves, even my little kids, they love salmon, but just having it the same way over and over again. And I wasn't creative enough to think of a way to present salmon differently. I would never have thought to do a salmon burger, mm-hmm. but that has become a staple in I'm my house. So happy. And it's fresh salmon too. Like so many salmon yes. burgers are with canned salmon. And I don't love canned salmon, but fresh salmon has such a different texture, a different flavor. And that's why doing the prep and rally system, even if not every night is a home run and your kids are eating every single meal, or maybe they're eating the sauce that goes with the chicken pita, whatever it is, just having it all in front of them, exposing them to it, making cauliflower 15 different ways over the course of a few months, it really opens their eyes to all the different options, all the different textures. And that's how you create amazing eaters is just continuing to introduce and introduce and introduce. Like my kids will not eat cauliflower rice. They still don't like it, but they love roasted cauliflower. So kids have a weird thing about just textures and smells and the way it's presented. Is it on a stick? Is it on a plate? Is it in a burger? Like 
there's so many different little nuances and even it comes like, socially as well. Like my kids will try so many different things when they're sitting and eating dinner with my husband versus when I'm sitting there trying to feed them something. So it just depends on who they're with. And sometimes when they're with their friends, they'll be more willing to try something. So you never know. And you don't want to give up on kids and just say, oh, they're picky, like whatever. I'll just go with the pizza. And I always encourage people to just keep at it. Even if you and your husband are eating like rock stars all week and your kids are just having little bits and pieces of the meal plan, that's still great. That's still a win, you know? It really is. And we need to take the wins as they come right now. (laughs) For sure. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And I always tell parents, like, you deserve to eat well, too. Like, you don't need to just eat the mac and cheese or the frozen pizzas just because that's what the kids are wanting. You're the grown up. You're the one that's going out and buying those things. So you're able to not buy those things. You're in charge, not the kid. And yes, it's a little hard, especially if they're used to a certain way and they've been doing that for so long. But there's always a way to reintroduce new things in a fun way. And to not make it so stressful, because I never think feeding kids should be stressful. If the kid doesn't want to finish everything, they don't have to. If, you know, sometimes I'll just say, how about you just try one bite? If you don't like it, that's totally fine. But like, it would make me so happy if you would try one bite. I work so hard to make this. I'm so curious what you think. And that's what I've been doing with my kids for the cookbook is like, I keep telling them, you guys need to try everything for this book because this book is for family. So if you guys don't try it, I don't know if it's good or not. And it's not going to make it in the book if you don't approve of it. So you got to take one <laughs> bite. And that's what they do. We try one bite. They tell me their honest opinion. If they want to eat more, great. If not, I don't press it on them. And then I usually just shift the menu a little bit because I want kids all around the world to love these menus. And again, no two kids are the same. No two flavor profiles are the same. And you just got to keep finding different unique creative solutions to make it work for everyone. So if you want to eat it in a salad or a grain bowl, great. If the kid wants to eat it in the taco or put it in a bun, wonderful. If you want to put on a stick for them to make it dippable, you know, there's always a way to switch things up and make it work for everyone. And that's really what I love about what I do is the creativity behind all of it. And that's where the art background, and all of that kind of comes into play and just makes this all so fun for me. I think it's really apparent when you look at the prep and ma- uh, prep and rally, the prep and rally meal plans because you call it family meal planning. But if I was just looking at the menus, I would never think these are menus that I'm going to prepare for my kids. But it really just it's something that's adult friendly, they're kid friendly, and there's so many options. And one thing that I've really noticed about your meal plans is that substitutions are really easy. People are always asking about substitutions. Well, my husband's a vegetarian or, you know, we have this dietary restriction and what do we do? And there's always a way to swap things around to make it work for you. So the meal plans are really powerful and I love that they work so well for families, but let's switch into business because how do you take this brilliant idea that you are putting into practice at home and how do you take that and make it into a profitable brand? And from what I know, it starts with Instagram. Yeah. For me, it's really been about Instagram. Um, Most of my followers have been following me from day one. They've seen me running around fairway market on 72nd street of Manhattan, cooking for my clients, rain or shine. And, and, it has not been an easy journey. So like people that just are following me now are like, Oh my gosh, it seems so fun. She has this business and she's writing a book and this and that doing these videos, but it has been a journey. I mean, I've been at it since 2010. That's when I started my first blog. You need delivers. It was called. And 
it's been a real journey. It's been tough. I have worked my way up from the bottom, cooking for these clients and really trying to get myself into the industry and feel comfortable and confident combining flavors, writing recipes. It, it took a long time getting comfortable on camera. So I definitely gave myself that time to just kind of perfect my craft, I guess, in a way, learn as much as I can while simultaneously growing my social media. I got super lucky that Taste Made found me and started to do videos with them. So that, you know, got my video career, I guess, started in a way. And then, yeah, just continuing to grow an authentic following that was really with me. And, and I knew that having an authentic following, they saw the journey and I knew that they would purchase what I was putting out there because they trusted me and they followed me all along. Um, see what I put up to, they trust me. And that's why when I promote a product, everyone just knows that I'm authentic. I'm only putting out things that I actually really genuinely care about when I'm selling something and I'm showing it being used in my everyday real life for my family. It just comes off as authentic. So I think having a face behind a brand is super helpful because you have that trust and you have that real person that is authentic and true. And it's like, I want to be able to get through the week like that, or I want to be able to save a ton of money on groceries. Maybe I will try it. It seems like she's, you know, having a really easy week because of it or look how well her children eat. Maybe mine can eat that way too. So I think that was super helpful for me growing the brand is just really putting everything out there, putting my kids on social media, even though a lot of people are anti that. And obviously I don't share everything, but I think sharing bits and pieces of my life and making it just a real true authentic brand has really helped me grow to where I am today. It's all about that authenticity. So I think there's two important things here that I want to talk to you about. So everyone wants to know how to grow on Instagram, whether they're B2B or they're B2C unlocking the secrets of growing Instagram. Everyone wants to understand that. So the first thing that you're talking about is authenticity. Are there any other specific strategies that you utilized to grow it the way that you have? I mean, people sharing, because I have a, a brand that's shareable, uh, we've grown really authentically and the meal subscription has grown authentically. I haven't really done much paid marketing or anything, even though I want to, I just need the time and hire you to hire the right people to do it. But yeah. it's just been word of mouth. People just talk and it's, it's a creative, unique business that is helping a lot of people and people are willing to share that with their friends to help their friends out. And so it's grown, I would say in that way, things like Instagram reels are really picking up now. Uh, I was recording one earlier today and I know Instagram is kind of favoring those now and those are getting a lot of views. They're really pushing those a lot. So I would say that's a great way right now is to sort of put your brand up on reels and, and do some really fun, engaging videos in that way partnerships, collaborations with other social media influencers and brands and, you know, put yourself on their feed. That helps a lot to introduce people to who you are. But how do you do that when you're small? You start with smaller accounts and as you grow, you get bigger and bigger and more opportunity with larger accounts, but it, you got to start somewhere. And honestly, as I said, I've literally been doing this since 2010. I've just been working so hard at it. And of course, we always hear it's like having your feed be cohesive and making it look pretty and all that. And what's also helped me is like working with large brands. Like I have an upcoming campaign coming up with uh, Campbell's and, you know, being on their 
page and being on Tastemade's page through Campbell's because that's where I get a lot of the partnerships from. So cross-promoting on all of those different channels as well. So like I've done sets of stories on Tastemate's Instagram and they have like millions of followers. So that drives some traffic. You could always do some giveaways. Giveaways are super helpful at getting a little boost. So you could do that, whether it's paid or just like getting together with a group of other entrepreneurs or influencers and putting something in. Like I could put in, you know, three free annual subscriptions to give away and you know, the five other people are giving away a bunch of other things and you have to follow all of our accounts and you see a lot of that. And it definitely does help give you a little boost if you need it because it is such a crowded space. And it's not like it's a slow and steady kind of thing. It's, it's a lot <laughs> and it can totally overwhelm you. And, and for a while, like I was so stressed about it. And then I like stop stressing about it so much and it just started happening. And yeah, I feel like not stressing about it because you could waste so much time thinking about your content and planning everything out. And like for a while I was doing that, like planning a content calendar, but I'm very much a spur of the moment kind of person. And that's why people like my content and like my personality, I guess, because I'm just kind of real and raw and I don't love having everything pre-planned. I just kind of, here, I'm at the grocery store with my kid. Here's a picture. You know, that's kind of how I like like to be in my feet to be. Hey everybody, it's Shauna. I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode to remind you that there's lots of good stuff happening over at startuprenegades.com. First, you can enter your email address, join the community and get notified of discounts and specials that our featured founders are giving exclusively to the Startup Renegades community. Also, get notified when we have founder firesides, where we put the founders in the hot seats and give you the opportunity to ask them the questions in a one-on-one environment. Plus, you can join the Startup Renegades Business Workshop. This is a four-week accelerator for founders who need a custom strategy, actionable next steps, and a true support system in order to scale. Is that you? If so, come join us at StartupRenegades.com and let's get started. It just kind of goes back to that authenticity thing that you're talking about. Your account is very raw. It's very authentically you and your family and your experience. And people clearly resonate with that. But the other thing that you mentioned was in the beginning, you started putting out these meal plans. And these meal plans are intense. I remember they are a lot of work. And you put them out for seven, eight months free of charge just to get feedback, just to see how they went over with your audience. Talk to me about that time in the business. Yeah, I was super, like, I was nervous to invest any amount of money into something that I just wasn't 100% confident in. Like, I knew it worked for me. I knew it was a good system. But I just wanted to see what other people thought about it, if it was going to help them, what exactly were they looking for just to get some feedback. And that's the best part about Instagram right now is that you have that immediate feedback. You do polls and find out so much. If you're a fashion designer, you could ask all the questions about what they want to see for summer 2021. Do you want more this color? Do you want more shorts? Would you be interested in a kid line? Like you could really find out so much information for people in real time that helps kind of give you that confidence and boost to fully dive into something and invest in yourself. And it doesn't matter what that is, just having that confidence will give you that push and 
make you not as nervous about spending money. Cause so much of my career, I've just, I've always been so nervous about spending, but that's how you grow. Like if you invest in something and you hire the right person, yes, it may be X amount of dollars to have them on board every month. But the hope is, is that they're going to grow your subscription base and then it's going to help sell more products perhaps. So you always have to think about what the opportunity is and have the confidence that that's going to happen. And obviously that comes with making the right hires and the right decisions. And not every decision is going to be perfect. You are going to make a ton of mistakes along the way, but as much as you can research and ask around, talk to people, listen to podcasts like this, you get so much insight and yeah, as much as you could test things out and pull your audience, the more confidence you'll have in investing in yourself and in your brand. You said some really important things there. And for one, when it comes to Instagram or any social platform, I think people really forget that it's meant to be social. So when you're talking about like throwing stuff up in your stories, asking for responses on things, we're so conditioned to set up our content calendars, right? And put out content and bust out content, but we're not really programmed to focus on engaging and putting out engagement contact and talking to people and and making sure that our content is positioned around communication. So I think that's so important. And then you talked about making hires, right? You're not always going to get it right the first time around or the second time around, but in order to grow and scale, you can't do it all alone, no matter what your business is. So really doing your research, pivoting when necessary, and finding the right people for your team to meet your particular growth goals is so important. Exactly. And doing trials. You could start off with a one-week trial or a one-month trial to see if it works. Is it moving the needle? Are you meshing with that person? Is it driving more traffic? And you just keep testing and analyzing and you just keep shifting. That's growing any business is just to continue shifting when things change. COVID like brought tons of shifts in people's careers and you just got to keep up with the time, keep shifting, always pull the audience. Like even for my subscription service, I keep asking people, what would they want to see? What's something extra I can add to the site that will help people? How can I make it a better service for maybe the people that don't necessarily love to do a full Sunday meal plan? How can I still make it a great system for them? So we're starting this new little component called a mini meal prep where, you know, we have like one roasted chicken recipe and then shows you how you could take that and turn it into a, you know, chicken pesto sandwich. So at least you'll have two meals throughout the week from just cooking once and shopping once. So it's, there's always like different ways to appeal to different types of people. And the thing is, you're never going to appeal to everyone, but as much as you could pull and as many people as you could try to appeal to while still remaining true to who you are and your audience, the better. And when it comes to the authenticity thing, I keep telling my cookbook editor and the photographer that I'm working with when I want to shoot this, I don't really want to stand in front of the counter and just be like cheese and like a pretty outfit. And like, I just find it so cheesy. You know, (laughs) I want it to feel like an Instagram story versus my feed. And yes, it's still going to be curated. It's still going to be beautiful and all that. But I want my book to seem really true, authentic and real to busy families and to busy moms and make them feel like I'm in it with you and we're going to do this together. Like I have three kids, life is busy, I'm running my business, you know, but this is how we get through it. And I'm going to teach you all the tricks of the trade. And here's a little snippet into our life and 
you know, the pictures I want to be a little bit raw and spills on the counter and not to be so picture perfect, but just more real. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I think we need to see that because we're so focused with social media on making everything picture perfect, but the reality doesn't look like that. And it's so important for people to see that. Okay. So I love that. We're talking about how prep and rally has evolved, but let's talk about your first product, which was the subscription. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I knew I didn't want to do a, like I thought about doing a meal delivery kit where we drop off the groceries and here's a menu to cook for the day, you know, or here's a dinner recipe, but it just wasn't for me. It wasn't a solution to a problem that I was having. It wasn't going to get me through the week. It was more of an experiential kind of thing. So that's why I was like, you know, let me just do it all content. It's simpler and less logistics anyways, and just turn it into a subscription service. And it took some research and time to figure out, you know, the different software I needed to use. And, you know, I hired a few people at that time to help me get everything set up because I'm definitely not a techie person. It's been a great way to grow a business and everything digital that you could promote, you know, on social media and swipe up to join the system is a great way to boost it. And that's how Instagram has really helped me grow is just promoting and just showing parts of my life using the service and showing how they can enjoy that as well by joining in. Why was a subscription a good option for you when you launched this business? So the fact that it's recurring, which is great. Subscription businesses are so big right now, whether it's a box that you're getting of, you know, beauty products every month. It's people really like subscriptions. And when you're adding value to someone's life, they're not afraid to join in. And we also do as we have a free month. So you could try it out for free, see if you like it. If not, you don't get charged at all. I want people to really get a sense of what it is before they join. And then they could choose if they want to stay on or not. And yeah, but recurring subscriptions are great. Yeah, it was really this all I've ever done. And it's been it's been a great solution. I mean, the big thing about subscriptions is that they're a recurring revenue model. Mm-hmm. So everyone should be focused on new customer acquisition, but it's really expensive to get new customers. And we can talk about that in terms of ad budget and content production, but also your time. (laughs) You know, there's a lot that goes into that. So bringing on new customers can be really expensive. So if you have a model that lends itself well to subscription or anything else that's recurring, that's really powerful because the revenue just keeps coming. So you have not pivoted because you still have the subscription model, but you've expanded. So tell me about some of the other revenue streams that you have brought into the business model. So yeah, so it's, I have a subscription service. And then of course I have the social media kind of influencer stuff, brand partnerships. So that's something else. It's by no means like a flat recurring revenue every single week or every single month, but it's kind of random what comes my way or the outreach or, you know, the emails that come in. But that's another piece of the business is just the kind of the influencer stuff and the brand partnerships, the stuff I do with Tastemade as well. So those are all a piece of it. And then I'm hoping for the next bit of it to be physical product and to start really growing a line of 
cookware and items that make your life easier, that have multi-use, um, that are really smart, but also look really beautiful in your kitchen. So yeah. And what's fun is that like the sky is the limit. That's what I love about how creative businesses is that there's no limit to what you can do or what you could put out and how much you can shift. And it's just thrilling and exciting to see what's next, you know? And you have launched a product pretty recently in partnership with another brand, right? Yeah. So that was more of like a sort of like a trial for me to see what it's like to develop a physical product and to partner with the brand and just to kind of see what that's like to market a product because subscriptions are so different. That's all I've ever done or known. Mm-hmm. So it was great. So this company called Cleaner Soul, which is a non-toxic uh, all-purpose cleaning brand. So they sell floor cleaners, all-purpose cleaning sprays, um, air refreshers, and all clean and non-toxic ingredients. So it's safe for you, safe for the environment, safe for kids. If your kids get into it, it's like totally safe. I washed Solomon's high chair with it. I cleaned his hands with it. <laughs> it's totally safe and clean. And yeah, I thought it'd be really fun to partner with them. I love the brand so much. I use it all the time. Super authentic to who I am and what I do. And when you're done prepping for the week, you clean up and you start fresh. And so it kind of falls into like the prep aspect of it. Right. But yeah, I just love the brand so much. And I wanted to put my own unique spin on it. So we created a really unique scent and aroma and sold it as a bundle and it was really fun and we're still selling a few more off they still sell them on their site but for a while I was doing it as like a pop-up on my shop prep and rally page Um, and now it's also I wanted to test out you know starting a Shopify store to sell physical products I'd never done that before so we were selling it on my site as like a two-month kind of pop-up thing and that's where I'm hoping to sell my own products on that same site so it's more of like a trial for me now they're continuing to sell it on their site and you know we we're continuing the relationship ongoing but it's by no means my product um, it's theirs and I just have I just have some involvement in it still but okay. yeah really a learning experience for me which I think again is super smart to do before you fully dive into something to kind of get a sense of how it all works, how you're going to promote it, learn from the good and from the bad experiences throughout the process. So I work 100% with startup founders. And I don't think that a lot of people would say that an Instagram influencer is a startup founder. When we think startup, we think venture capital, get a lot of money infused into the business and then grow really fast. But I've seen a lot of business owners that have had a beautiful, different, creative idea and taken it and started up something that was really powerful. And that's always how I've seen Prep and Rally. So have you ever really seen yourself as a startup founder? How do you see the business? Yeah, I mean, I definitely saw myself as a startup founder a couple of years ago. I was looking into investors, but it was just not a good situation. The person who I found, and it just kind of scared me off of the whole thing. So I just kept saying, let me just keep at it. Let me keep growing my social. Let me see if I could just continue doing it on my own. But yeah, but I think it's something that I see it being a resource and helping people for years to come. And I'm looking to really continue to grow it and to continue to grow merchandise and maybe it's a tv show maybe it's you know who knows this really the sky is the limit but ultimately yes i mean the goal is to really grow the brand and if a good opportunity comes around for an investor and to bring on a larger team 
I would definitely love that. Just right now, it's kind of just been me, myself, and I with, you know, some hires here and there to help me get through certain tasks. But I never saw myself as this entrepreneur. I see myself very much as a creative who comes up with really unique ideas. And even like for the marketing, I just love coming up with what an ad should look like and things like that, but like actually executing it and managing a team and the hiring and the firing and growing beyond a certain point, like that all stresses me out and is not something that I'm great at. And that's kind of why it's sort of just been this like slow organic (laughs) growth up until now, which has kind of worked in my favor, I think. But ultimately the goal would be, I think, to find either an investor or a partner who can be that other side of the brain. So I could really continue doing what I do best, which is being this creative little nugget and let the business person really take it to new heights and, you know, introduce it to the world. And I think the book is going to help with that. Um, Really introduce the brand to, to the greater mass of people, but yeah, I think it's it's been slow and steady up until now, but the goal is to continue growing and to build the right team and hire the right people that can help take it there. Because as we said earlier, like you can't do everything on your own. And I've kind of done that up until now and it's worked sort of, but yeah, I'm sort of at a point where I'm ready to really hire the right people and take it to new levels for sure. So you hear that everybody, Deanie is hiring, uh-huh. go over to Prep and Rally and tell her about your skill set. Yeah. But no, I think that's so important for people to hear because there's nothing wrong with going for capital and investment and trying to grow fast. But there is something powerful about going slow and steady and growing the business more stably and Nobody should have to do it on their own, but when you are the face of the brand, you're really responsible. You're the steward of the brand in that way, and you really have been, and you've grown something amazing. So tell me, what does being a startup renegade mean to you? Impacting people's lives for the positive, helping people, that's what's most rewarding about what I do is just seeing the impact they have on people's lives and being a resource for people. creating something and giving them something that's slightly different than what you can get elsewhere. So I think that's been super powerful. And yeah, I think it's most special thing about what I do is just hearing the responses from people and helping people throughout the process. There are a lot of special things about what you do. And some of them are on my dinner table occasionally. But tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah. So I'm on Instagram, first and foremost, Prep and Rally. And you could check out my site, prepandrally.com. That's P-R-E-P and A-N-D-R-A-L-L-Y, Prep and Rally. I'm going to have a YouTube channel. You could search Dini Klein on YouTube. I haven't updated that in a while. And again, staying committed to certain areas where you know you have the time and energy to put it in. So that's why I am mostly on IG, but you could shoot me an email at any time as well. Dini at preparedrally.com. I hope to hear from everyone. This was really, really fun and so fun reconnecting with you, Shauna. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Definitely check out Dini on Instagram. Prep and Rally is a resource that you never knew you absolutely needed in your life. So go check it out. Thank you. That was this week's episode of Startup Renegades. 
Thank you so much for joining me and soaking up all that brilliant entrepreneurial knowledge from today's guest. If you want to suggest a founder for a future episode or just want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at shauna.armitage. That's S-H-A-U-N-A dot A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E. And just a little reminder, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. It makes a huge difference and it's so important for helping the show thrive. I'll be here same time next Tuesday for a raw, honest conversation with another startup renegade.